What keeps Satan up at night? Hello and welcome to Some Assembly Required, our podcast over here at Waynefleet BIC Church, where we discuss life through the lens of our Anabaptist roots. My name is Julie Adams. I'm your host today, and I'm joined by Pastor Pat Hand. Welcome, Pastor Pat. Hi, Julie, and hi, everybody. It's so good to be here on this beautiful start to the week. Yes. And um, what a great question. Yeah. What keeps Satan up at night? What what makes him shake in his boots? Right. I like that too. (laughs) We're going to talk about that today. Yeah. We have been over the last three weeks now um, redefining love Mm -hmm. from a biblical perspective. So what what do we love? Mm -hmm. How do we love? Mm -hmm. What is it? Yeah. You know, it's interesting we've kind of taken the shine off love because we've just made it such a plain word you know yeah i love this ice cream i love that sports team you know well i think part of it is our english language too like you had told us the first week that Mm -hmm. they're they used different words Mm -hmm. for love they use like um agape love eros love what was it phileo phileo Mm -hmm. there you Mm -hmm. go um they had many different words yeah. for love, and we just have one. Right, right. So we're so linear, right, in yeah. the English language. So uh, it gets kind of, um, everything gets thrown into yeah. that category. But th- we're talking about the agape love. Mm-hmm. This is the, the love that God describes for himself to us and wants us to have for him and others. And of course, it's a deep abiding. It's uh, unconditional. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a love that uh, humanity that we don't manufacture on our own. Right. Hence, redefining love from God's point of view, who is the Creator. In fact, the Bible says over and over and over, God is yes. love. He mm-hmm. is the express um, image, if you will, of essence of of love itself Mm -hmm. and so uh it bears kind of looking at agape love and first john really does um it really covers a lot of ground on love and the fourth chapter where we've camped out Mm -hmm. has really been deep and wonderful and helpful in understanding not only what love is, but how to carry it out, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, I, yeah, it's been a great series. We're getting ready to, uh, of course, the Thanksgiving season's upon us. Can yes. you believe the Thanksgiving season? Boy, I feel like we blinked in September. Oh. It was like gone. Blur. Yeah. Blur. And, uh, but we are getting ready to begin, uh, after Thanksgiving, a six-week series on the life of Moses, uh-huh. and is called "It's uh, It's Not About Us," mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a great series that we go into. Yeah. So everything's a blur for the fall, yep. and uh, as many of our listeners know, um, I, I'm retiring at the end of the year, yeah. and so are actually a different pace. I don't like the word retire. <laughs> You're shifting gears? Yeah, yeah, shifting gears. I like that. And so this series is really, um, uh, I'm looking forward to sharing with the church some things that are really on my heart that really come mm-hmm. out, are fleshed out in the life of Moses yeah. that I think is important for our church uh, going forward, you know? Yeah, well, we're so, looking forward to it then. Yeah, looking yeah. forward to it. 
But we really felt like we should start the fall with this idea of taking back the word love to where it needed mm-hmm. to be. And it's, um, it's been a great study, and I think folks have really enjoyed it. So yesterday was the, you know, we kind of wound it up. And, um, and so we, we did. We talked about what makes Satan tremble in his boots, mm-hmm. what keeps him up at night. Yeah. And uh, I don't think the church has been a real threat to Satan. You know, what's the statistic? Some people don't even believe he exists. Oh. Many don't it, believe he exists. And, and that's among evangelical Christians. Yeah. It's something like 40 or 50% of evangelicals think that he's a symbol of evil and that he ah. really didn't exist. And, oh my goodness, the Bible is crystal clear. Jesus himself teaches yes. that Satan was real. In fact, he had, you know, a big battle with him uh, mm-hmm. out in the desert, you yeah. know, for three days or 40 days. So, so yes, he is real. Yeah. Um, and we need to realize that Satan loves to be under the radar. He yep. would just assume that people didn't believe he was real. Yeah. Well, cause then he can, you know, yep. get away with whatever yep. almost undetected because, mm-hmm. you know, but then on the other side of it, you got people who feel like, oh my goodness, Satan's all powerful. He's all knowing. He yeah. knows everything that's going on. And that's not true. No. Satan is a created being who mm-hmm. rebelled against God. Now, I, granted, he's powerful. He, he can do yep. things. He's networked, heavily networked around the world. But he is not all knowing. He's not all seeing. In fact, Mm-mm. the Bible makes it clear in, in 1 John Greater is he that is in you than mm-hmm. he that is in the world. So, um, so Jesus um, certainly is greater than Satan. You Absolutely, know. yeah. Um, the earth is called, um, says of Satan, that he's the prince of the power of the air, and meaning that his domain <clears throat> is earthbound. Mm-hmm. But Jesus, who is the creator of said earth, is also, uh, he's the one that, um, uh, he's not sweating Satan one bit. Yeah. He, his days are numbered and Jesus, uh, has it all well in hand. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing's taken Jesus by surprise. Do you think Pat, when the world ends that Satan will cease to exist as well? The Bible talks about in revelation that he will be cast into hell. Mm-hmm. He, he won't be escorted to hell. The Bible makes it crystal clear that this is a a punishment and that he is cast in fact I think the Bible says cast bodily into hell hmm. so um, so his end is um, is coming mm-hmm. uh, I think he knows the Bible a lot better than we do even. <laughs> yep you know I think he I think he's the ultimate victim of his own con in that I think he still feel, feels like he can thwart that he can overpower what God's plans are, mm-hmm. and he can't. Nope. You know? Mm-hmm. And so so we asked the question, what keeps Satan up at night, or what makes him tremble in his boots? And I think we have to come back to that word, L-O-V-E. Yeah. Everything about Satan is dark. Everything about Satan is a lie. Uh, Jesus called him the father of lies. Mm-hmm. Everything about Satan is um is 
of great negativity. It, it is uh, the evil. It's it's the dark force. It's yeah. the, all those kind of things. Nothing good there. Nothing. There there is absolutely nothing good that dwells in Satan. All right. So love would be something that would scare him mm. because um, now he uses love, but he uses it in far different terms than than what God means love to be. Yeah. And and so Jesus has made it crystal clear what is mission critical for the church to be able to not just survive but thrive and so satan doesn't like love he doesn't like the word love he doesn't like the idea that god is love and so yes i would think if anything keeps satan up at night it would be this idea of god's love flowing and being um, received Mm -hmm. and being multiplied in the lives of others the um the church in general in North America, and this statistic was true, I mean, this was said before COVID, 80% of uh, churches in North America are either plateaued or in decline. Mm. That's an amazing number, yeah, right? that is. I mean, hundreds of thousands of churches. That's really sad. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, I think Satan is not really bothered or threatened by the average church in North America. And now that to me is sadder than anything because yeah. if if there should be a bastion of truth, if there should be a bastion of power, if there should be something that, that Satan would um, absolutely be fearful of, it would be people who pray and people who love mm-hmm. and who carry out the mission that God has given us to love people. And, and so, um, so we've been looking at this idea that God is love, mm-hmm. and he certainly is, but we've been, we've been looking at what that means. And uh, when God says he is love, he's not just saying he likes love or that he approves of love. He, he is saying that he is love mm-hmm. and that, that we, we can see how God loves and as he comes into our life, we pass it forward by sharing his love with others. Yep. And so, so what, does that, what does that mean? Well, Jesus really addresses this. And, um, and of course, my computer decided to uh, oh. act up here. <laughs> Hang on, everybody. So um, in Mark chapter 12, here's what Jesus says. He, he's teaching here. And somebody was asking him about um, about love and so forth. And Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. That's called the Shama. In the Old Testament, this was a declaration that the rabbis would make. Mm. That, um, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. and You must love him. You know. yep. So that was, it's called the Shama. It is a declaration. So Jesus takes the Shama and he says, hey, all right, you, you want to know what the greatest commandment is? It's to love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Can you imagine, can you imagine your, your husband is Tom? Yep. So can you imagine you loving Tom, I loving Carol with all of our soul, strength, 
heart and mind. That would take a lot of work. Yeah, it would take a lot of work. <laughs> it would take a while, wouldn't it? Yeah. But that is exactly what he's saying. He is saying that living on this earth, that Jesus is saying he wants us to focus our life on honing in on loving God. Mm-hmm. And goodness, look, look at the answer. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. That's exhausting just to read it. Yeah, it's like all-consuming. All-consuming. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what he's trying to get across to us, that we have this full-time job. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really a privilege. Mm-hmm. But we have this full-time uh, task ahead of us of, of love of loving God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind. And then he says, all right, so let me give you context, he says. Here, here's how this works. Then he says, the second commandment is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Mm-hmm. Now, I was thinking about this today. There's some pretty important commandments in the Bible. Yeah, 12 of them. Yeah, don't lie. Yep. Don't cheat. Don't murder anyone. Don't murder anybody. Don't commit adultery. Don't commit adultery. Don't covet. Honor I'm, your father and your mother. Honor your yeah. father and mother. I mean, wow. Those are some pretty important ones. Yeah. And what does Jesus say? All right. Yeah. Okay. I'm not taking anything away from that. But the two most important commandments is to love God with all of your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And to love, secondly, love your neighbor as you love yourself. What does it mean to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? I think what he's saying is there that the priority of our life, the priority of our plans, the priority of our resources, the priority that we have here on this earth is that God loves us and has, has shown that through the, through the giving of his son for the mm-hmm. forgiveness of sins and that we, we get to spend the rest of our life um, living in basking in the glow of this great love God has for us. That is just an inkling of the great love that we'll share in heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we were doing a podcast about near-death experiences. Yeah, that's on our youth podcast. That goes out on Fridays. Oh, you guys. That's a good one. You got to go hear that one. You got to. Anyway, um, but one of the things that that in studying these near-death experiences is that over and over and over similarities is that the people in heaven felt enveloped in a love that they can't describe. Yeah. They, they can't describe that love that they felt from God to them. It was a love that it just... Uh, it enveloped them. That's the only mm-hmm. word that these people use over and over. It enveloped us. And I, I think the love that we have for God today, it, it gets filtered through things that vie for our time. It gets filtered through mm-hmm. uh, other relationships. It gets filtered through our own sinful humanity. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so Jesus says, well, let me help you. Let, let me help you to understand how to love. All right? God loves, he's given his son to die for our sins and and to give us new life and in a clean slate. All right, 
So we get to spend the rest of our life in this relationship that God wants to have with us. And, and we focus on God in our life. Doesn't mean that it's, it's to the negate of our, of our family and friends. No, if anything, we get, we get to um, share that love by how we treat our kids, how we mm -hmm. treat our spouse, how we treat our neighbor, how we treat, we, we get to um, love God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind. And it gets shown in loving our neighbors as we, as we love ourselves, And that is something that we'll spend the rest of our lives doing. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying there. That's what that redefining love is. This is a new order of priority in life and that you'll spend the rest of your life showing God how much you love him by how you love others. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's, um, that's pretty heavy. That is pretty heavy. Yeah. And so it's interesting. Rick Warren in his book, The Purpose Driven Life, if you haven't, mm. if you haven't read it, you should to our listeners there. But here's what he says. He says, life is all about love because God is love. And the most important lesson he wants you to learn on earth is how to love. It, it's in loving that we are most like him. So love is the foundation of every command he's given us. So I, if you think about it, then if we're loving God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind, it is shown, it, it will it's reflect. It's manifested in how we, It's yeah. manifested in loving others. Mm -hmm. And when we're loving others, the Heavenly Father is so pleased. Yeah. Because it means that we love Him. And I, I, think, I think sometimes people say, well, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, we do. We, we just don't do it. <laughs> because it's well, hard. It's hard. It's hard. And not everybody appreciates it. If no. everybody appreciated the love we gave them, it would be a lot easier, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. And but so they don't. They don't. Oh. they don't. I had a neighbor that uh, was kind of testy to live with. And, and man, I mean, we would bend over backwards yeah. to to love this neighbor and, and to um, be thoughtful and so forth. It was never reciprocated, you know, never reciprocated. And so, you know, you, you find yourself saying, was that why I love? And <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, for what I can get back yeah. out of it, right? Yeah, I hear you. And so God, of all people, he knows what it's like to love and not be loved back. Yeah. You know? And so he says, all right. So love me with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And if you're going to do that, it's going to show in how you love others. Mm -hmm. And when you're loving others, you are loving me. Yeah. And I just think that is rich. Yeah, right? it is. Yeah. So um, think of this, if everybody caught the vision. What if, what if our church, what if the church in general just really caught this vision of reinventing ourselves in this teaching mm -hmm. and it would revolutionize how church is done it would revolutionize marriage and family and relationships if we chose to show god how much we love him by loving others and by that showing him how much we love him mm -hmm. you know yeah i think that would be just really incredible
So Pat, you've talked a lot about, and you talked about this on Sunday too, Mm -hmm. about um, God loves us. But Mm -hmm. then we also hear at times, um, I think you talked about this somewhere on Sunday, about God being our judge as well. Mm Yep. How do you, how can God be? <laughs> How's that work? Right? How's that work? Because <laughs> we associate the term judge with, it, it sounds negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if, if you see verse 17 there in first John chapter four, uh, John, he declares this, we can face him, God, mm-hmm. we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. And, um, and so I, I think that um, why would we say we can face him, you know? Well, he answers that in verse 18. Uh, so here's what he says. Um, As we live in God, our love grows more perfect, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. That's verse 17. Mm-hmm. And then verse 18, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear if we're afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. So mm. let me see if I can help people understand yeah. that. So the, the, what he's saying, in essence, he is saying that when, when we're loving others, when we're loving our neighbors ourselves, it shows that we love God. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we live like Jesus here in this world when we do that. Okay. Okay. Judgment that he's talking about here is not toward those who who know the Lord. It is toward those who don't know the Lord. Mm. That there's coming a reckoning one day. There will come a day of judgment for humanity. In, whether they um, and it's based on did they accept my son or reject my son. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think sometimes we think, oh, man, I'm going to be judged of God because I said a cuss word or I'm going to be judged mm-hmm. because, you know, I had a lustful thought. When it boils right down to it, the judgment that is coming one day is going to be based on did we accept God's love or reject it? Mm-hmm. And, and that sounds harsh, but um, God is in this essence of love. He has gone to great, great, uh, he's gone to just this great extension of work on our behalf. And it involved his son as part of that rescue plan for us. Mm -hmm. And so what he is saying that we as believers, when, when we're loving God, it's showing by how we love others because of what Jesus has done. We don't need to fear punishment we don't need to fear judgment Uh, if we're fearing judgment then it 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 very well may be because we've not really given our life Mm -hmm. to christ we've not that there's something in us that knows we're holding back yeah and so and so there is a judgment that is coming for the world but it's not one that we as believers need to fear Mm -hmm. have you ever talked to someone that's been unafraid I Maybe have. you're you're probably unafraid. I'm, uh, yeah, I would say I'm unafraid. I don't want to die, mostly because I wouldn't want to leave my family without, mm-hmm. you know, a sure. wife and mother. Sure. But um, I remember my 
grandmother, you pre- I don't think you'd ever met her. Maybe I don't you think had. So. She, um, I remember that we lived with her for a little bit. We were renovating a house and for a few months lived there. And she went to a funeral hmm. and she came home and said, boy, that funeral was so sad. Hmm. And I said, well, and I was about 20 or 21 at the time. And I said to her, well, duh, Gran, it was a funeral. And she said, well, when I die, people better not be sad. And yeah. I was like, Granny, of course we're going to be sad when you die because yeah. we'll miss you. Right. And she said, no, 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 don't be sad when I die. I have lived a good life mm. and I'm in a lot of pain with my arthritis and mm. other aches. And she mm-hmm. said, when I die, I'm going to get a new body mm-hmm. and I'm going to get to meet Jesus and I'm going to get to be with your grandfather. And mm-hmm. um, she had a son that had passed away and, and your uncle Dan. And don't be sad about that. Those are not things to be sad about. She wasn't fearful, was she? No. Yeah. And so that brought me a lot of comfort. Like when she did yeah. pass away a few years ago, um, I remember think I, mm-hmm. I, that is such a, a core memory for me sure. of how confident she was that, well, it's okay when I, it's, it's all going to be fine. Like she was just yeah. so sure in her faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that because I, I think that's the way we should be looking yeah. at life. I, we're, folks, we are just too attached to this temporary, yeah. finite life. And um, how old was your granny? 93 or 92 when she passed away. Okay. So, mm-hmm. um, so somebody gets up in their 90s, we go, oh, man, they had a long life. Yeah. All right. But in essence, they really, it, 92 years is a drop in the bucket yeah. to eternity, right? Yeah, that's right. And we will be with God or people will be separated from God mm-hmm. a lot longer yes. than we were on this earth, right? Mm-hmm. And so we hold on to this finite stuff. I heard the story about... Um, it makes the point. It, it's not theologically correct, but, <laughs> but okay. it makes the point. Uh, the rich guy guy uh, uh, died, and in his will, um, he was buried with all of his gold. Yes. Gold bullion and stuff. Yep. And, um, and somehow he's able to take it to heaven. Yeah. You know? And so uh, St. Peter says, why did you bring, um, why did you bring, uh, a street with you? Why, why did you bring, you know, gravel with you? Because, you know, in heaven, streets of gold, right? Oh, yes. Gold, gold oh, is used, that's funny. Gold's used yeah. for paving, you know? Yeah. All right. So, so the, the point was, we hang on to these things yeah. that really are meaningless in mm-hmm. eternity, you know? But they're so important to us now, and we hang on to them like there's no tomorrow. But the fact is, there is a tomorrow, and and this is what First John is really talking about, this idea of how much God loves us, and how that we get to take that love that we've received and pass it forward, showing God how much we love Him by loving our neighbor, mm-hmm. by loving people that are unlovely, by loving people that it's fun when they love the Lord and you love them back, and but we get to love people that are unlovely, that don't love God back. And so we get to do that because one of these days we're going to be with him forever in eternity. Mm -hmm. And, 
And so this reckoning that's coming, um, a lot of people don't believe in it. A lot of people don't, you know, they're thinking, well, I'm going to outweigh good with bad and all that kind of stuff. But the fact is, God says, believer, you do not have to be fearful of judgment. Mm -hmm. Just live like Jesus did on this earth. Yeah. You know, embrace my love and share it with others. Mm-hmm. That's what God has called the church to do. And Satan is fearful of a church that loves and prays. Mm-hmm. And I, I want people to be afraid of our church. Yeah. Uh, Satan, I mean. I want Satan to be afraid of our church. I, I want it to be a praying church. Yeah. And I want it to be a church that loves each other and loves our community and just loves people because God loves us Mm -hmm. and when we seek to love god with our with all of our heart soul strength and mind it is manifested in how we treat others Mm -hmm. that is life changing yeah and it's also going to take you a lifetime to 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 master yeah (laughs) wow well thankfully we don't have to do it alone (laughs) we don't have to do it alone because it's it's the very love that emanates from him yes that we get to show others so obviously we have to be open to him working in to receive us it so that we mm-hmm. can pass it forward yeah yeah awesome yeah so heavy stuff today. it is yeah that's a lot to think about and it seemed so simple yeah love each other love each other yeah so <laughs> have you got any closing thoughts for us today pat i think the more we love god um i i think that the more we understand the love of god Mm-hmm. You know, Warren Wiersbe said, the more that we understand his love, the easier it is to trust him. After mm-hmm. all, when you know someone intimately and love them sincerely, you have no problem putting your confidence in them. Yeah. And so, hey, folks, I would say love God. And when you love God, you will see that you're putting your confidence in him. And when you do that, people are going to see that because it's going to naturally imminent it's just going to flow into their lives yeah and that's that's something worth doing awesome thank you that's a good uh, good closing thought if you'd like to talk to pastor pat any more about this or you have any questions he'd love to hear from you um, you can reach him at pat at waynefleetbic.com and if you enjoyed this episode please feel welcome to share it with your friends and family um, that you could um that would benefit from hearing it too. Yeah. And if you'd like to get in touch with me with any feedback or podcast suggestions, um, you can reach me at julie at waynefleetbic.com. Thank you for tuning in and we look forward to connecting with you again next week. Thanks everybody. You are loved. (laughs)